0: Do you happen to have a chance, Cube? I don't,
1: but I do have some dice for Marvel Dice Throne. Coming soon, Marvel Dice Throne is a fast and fun board game for all ages. Each player selects one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head battle to see who earns the right to take the throne.
0: Gameplay involves strategically rolling dice to activate special abilities, playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your stats. The project is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter, so head there now to check out their Kickstarter exclusives and reserve your copy today. Hello there, I'm Colleen.
1: I'm Anders.
0: We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars.
1: And if there's one thing the internet definitely does not have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So we journey to a galaxy far, far away each week to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast
0: This week we're taking a look at the third episode of the newest Disney Plus Star Wars show, Visions Anders, are you ready to be able to breathe in open space?
1: You know, the force uh, finds a way (laughs) But absolutely, let's get right into the twins So, this short film was produced by Studio Trigger It's written by Hiromi Wakabayashi Okay (laughs) directed by Hiroyuki Imashi. excuse me. Uh, It has an 18 minute runtime, so it is a little bit longer than the Duel and Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, The characters of Kare, M, and B2ON were voiced in the original Japanese by Junya Inoki, Ryoko Suraishi, and Colleen, I'm sorry. I need you to take this one.
0: (laughs) Tokuyoshi Kawashima.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I, I have zero confidence in my abilities
0: anymore. The only reason I can pronounce any of these names, folks, is because I watch a shit ton of anime.
1: There you go. <laughs> uh, in the English dub, those characters were voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, Alice Sibri and Jonathan Lippow. So, Colleen, what actually happens in the twins?
0: Oh, a whole lot. A lot. <laughs> they pack a lot into those very short minutes that they have for this short film. We start with a classic Star Wars Star Destroyer coming out of the darkness but surprise this is the gemini class fancy with two star destroyers connected by some sort of laser cannon thing b2on informs am that they are preparing the last adjustments and are awaiting the command to strike the droid is excited that am and her brother kari are ready to fulfill their destiny as twins born of the dark side oh my scary He goes on to explain that the weapon, whose energy also powers Am's dark armor, will be capable of destroying a planet. Sounds familiar. Am, ready to destroy the Republic, orders the weapon fired. Dun dun dun. Um, It's a blank. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it seems that the power source has been removed. Am realizes that Kari has taken it and confronts him in the landing bay. With this Astromech R D U O, our duo, our <laughs> duo, ah, funny, our duo twins. You get it. Help Kari escape in an X-wing, wanting to hide this power from both the Empire and the Republic. Am uses a powerful force grab to draw him and his ship back, and the twins have a pretty epic duel over the kyber crystal power source. With Kari imploring Am to back off, as he is forcing that she will die if she uses the crystal.
1: There's a lot that happens in those couple of minutes. Like,
0: Oh my god, it is packed. There is so much content in this short. (laughs) It's so much, you guys. I had to rewatch it a couple times just to be like, okay, what exactly does happen? Because not only is there a lot, it's lightning fast. Like You have to pause to see certain things happening. Am doesn't care what her brother has to say, and Kara ultimately uses his Shard of Crystal and his X-Wing hyperdrive to destroy... (laughs) The Gemini ship and Am's own crystal by basically turning his ship into a giant lightsaber.
1: Like yeah, channeling channeling the hyperdrive <laughs> through the kyber crystal into his lightsaber. <laughs> into the ship.
0: Yeah, yeah. kind of reminds sure, me a not. little bit of High Republic, with them using their lightsabers to like power the ship and power the weapons, but like amped up to one million percent.
1: Yeah, everything oh, in this was amped up to a million. Yeah
0: this is like a high caliber high octane anime short so am floats away but is rescued by b2on who promises to be there for her forever very cute but also he's wearing a helmet everyone too so
1: (laughs) yeah and not like a real like space helmet like like a 60s sci-fi space helmet just a glass dome
0: it looks like a goldfish bowl on top of his head yes And Kari and Am were not wearing any sort of protective space helmetry out in open space. Back to the short, Kari lands on a desert planet and reflects that he hasn't seen the last of his twin sister.
1: No, he can feel it in the force Because Colleen, I don't know if you knew this. They are twins born of the dark side.
0: If only they had told me more than one or twice or three (laughs) times. (laughs) Several
1: times. (laughs) And that kind of gets into our reaction I I do like this episode I really do mm-hmm. but it lays things on very thick mm-hmm. like the dialogue in this is very very explicit in everything yeah. that it's doing
0: mm-hmm. we're gonna have words on that later
1: <laughs> true and I have opinions on that um, the dual sequence is absolutely incredible I mean mm-hmm. it is it is Stunningly gorgeous the way it's all animated and kind of like lightsaber, light, light whips are, are really so gorgeous. Cool. They were one of the coolest things that I was anticipating seeing when we got the trailer for visions mm-hmm. way back when. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, this one kind of looks the most like quote unquote anime to me. It looks like the type of stuff I would see clips of back when I was a kid, like Yu Gi Oh! or Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Those types of things, which for me was a little meh because I never really got into those shows. But it's still a really great episode and it takes on a lot, a lot of classic Star Wars tropes and lines.
0: Yeah. All of them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you said, this episode is incredible visually. And I like that idea of kind of flipping the twins thing, like the Luke, Leia, Kylo Ray situations on their heads, like making them Dark side users initially, instead of having them just be born kind of either neutral in the force or on the light side. I like that part. On the rewatch of the entire series, though, this short fell further down my rankings mm-hmm. than from my originals, but it's still beautifully made. I mean, this is a stunning piece of work. It is gorgeous. The style, like you said, is more reminiscent of the 90s character kind of concept designs. Just like Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is probably the most famous anime that isn't Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Dragon Ball Z from the 90s. Am is definitely Asuka Langley Soryu from that series. If you haven't seen the series, just have picture Am, but with red hair. <laughs> Basically is the same exact character. <laughs> the fight sequence was fantastic, even though it broke so many rules about space. Even you know, we've talked Star about Marvel that before.
1: We've <laughs> talked, we've talked about that before. Star Wars is a very passing relationship with the idea of physics, so yeah. it just kind of it's took still, that to the next level.
0: They can't breathe in space in Star Wars socks. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I mean, they wanted Shields. to be able to see characters' faces, which is understandable. Like, you want to be able to see their faces. I like that Kari talked a lot about free will and wanting to be separate from both the republic and the dark side of the empire. He only wants to live his life the way he wants, whereas Am is totally obsessed with fate and completing the tasks they were made for. So Mm -hmm. I do like the thematic things in this short. It just wasn't quite as stellar as something like The Duel. It laid things on a little too thick for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I can kind of agree with that. All right, well, before we move on, we're going to take a quick ad break to hear about some other podcasts from the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts, or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com, as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family.
0: I swear I talk
1: more in the episodes.
0: Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel.
1: And Anders Drew.
0: On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, everybody, we are back. We're going to start into our question section. We're going to start with the anime studio behind the magic. This is Studio Trigger, which was founded by former GameX employees in 2011. They have some really great titles to their name, including Little Witch Academia and Kill a Kill. Which is insane. There are sentient clothing in Kill. La Quill.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh,
0: yes, you heard that correctly. Sentient clothing in like a high school setting, and it has a very strong stellar female cast. Uh, that one's probably its most famous property. Interestingly enough, Studio Gainax is best known for producing Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I just referenced earlier. So their there styles you know. kind of migrated mm-hmm. from Gainax over into Studio Trigger. Next, the voice acting.
1: <laughs> All right, go ahead. Say your piece on this.
0: This has to be addressed. I don't know what they put in Allison Brees' drink <laughs> before she recorded for Anne because it is insane. It's absolutely insane. And I love her. Like, I love everything she's been in. She's really good. She's a very talented actress. And I was really excited to have her and Neil Patrick Harris, like, be Star Wars characters. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really cool. But I wasn't overly impressed with either of their performances, especially after hearing the Japanese actors do it, who I thought were better, but they're more seasoned voice actors also. They didn't convey the youth, I think, that was necessary for these roles. There are veteran voice actors like Tiffany Grant and Spike Spencer who are used to like modulating their voices so they can sound younger, they can sound older, they can fit the character. And they just... Poor Neil and poor Allison. I, I just don't think they were quite up for the task here. But that's my opinion. I mean, yeah. there are probably people who really enjoyed their performances. And Am is an out-of-control character anyway. But this was like some somebody gave her something. Like
1: Somebody so. gave her something. So knowing that you had this take, I actually went back and I watched a few. I didn't get a chance to watch the full thing but I watched a few segments of it in the original Japanese, particularly the ones where I know that AM is absolutely going over the top. Yeah. And I watched that in the original Japanese with the subtitles. And what really struck me, and I don't think this could be complete like English speaking bias here. Like it's kind of just like when you say the words in English, you have to, she's speaking slower. It really does sound like, She's speaking a lot slower, whereas in the Japanese, it's a little bit faster. There's yes. more syllables in it, mm-hmm. which lets it flow a little better. But on the whole, I was like, yeah, I think they're both kind of they're both really over the top and kind of hamming it up. I don't know if I agree with you on the the youth aspects, but that's kind of a combination that we don't really know how old the twins are. And I don't know, maybe I watched just too many too much tv where I'm used to seeing like 30 year olds try and play teenagers
0: yeah but Neil Patrick Harris is like in his 40s oh he yeah he is it's probably because I know who the actors are too I think that harmed the performances whereas if you don't know who the voice actor is and don't know what they look like don't know how old they are maybe it's easier to be like okay I believe this could be
1: I don't know. I thought that in both cases though it was still very over <laughs> it was I mean it was over the top and oh,
0: yeah. very right? anime it was what... yelling. Lots of yelling. Oh
1: absolutely. <laughs> Lots of the uh, single character flashing lights behind them, ready to send
0: the blast. Yes. Yes. Highly stylized, much more familiar anime style here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, well, talking about anime in general, getting into some of the kind of the Japanese cultural or anim- anime influences in this episode. Besides so, the yelling. <laughs> besides the yelling, besides the flashing lights. Yeah. So we have Kari and Am's masks. That dark armor is very reminiscent of Vader and Kylo Ren. And those were originally based on kind of Jap- Japanese samurai masks. Um, Kylo even uses the Japanese art of Kitsugi. Kintsugi Kintsugi in Rise of Skywalker, uh, where something else is repaired, but the breaks are filled in. I think in Japanese culture, it's usually with like gold or silver. Obviously, Mm -hmm. his mask was filled in with the red, but it's a really, really interesting tradition to show that kind of what's been broken has been repaired, but it's also something more now. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Anne would do that if she ever got her mask back.
0: Definitely. She is definitely like sitting in her repair shop, being like, my stupid brother, I'm going to get him someday, droid friend. And the droid's like, yes, of course, Am. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Speaking of the droid, we are going to talk about the droids in this episode. I mean, droids are always a massive part of Star Wars. And the droids here are very similar to droids that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Starting off with that protocol droid, B2ON, who is Am's servant. And looks kind of just like C3PO, but painted black. Uh, mm-hmm. If you actually think about it for a second, his designation B2ON is just C3PO, where every letter and number has been shifted back one. Mm-hmm. And our duo, I mean, seems a pre- duo seems a pretty clear riff on R2D2. Yeah, completely. <laughs> a lot of the same sounds, a lot of the same noises.
0: <laughs> yeah. This was basically like they took Star Wars and just like cribbed everything.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> which is which is totally a legitimate choice to do when you get this opportunity. It's like, yo, I want to do my take on the characters mm-hmm. and everything that yeah. I grew up loving.
0: But with much more long flowing hair.
1: Much. Very with fun. wind machines. <laughs> yes, because there's wind in space now, too.
0: So. Always, and sound travels in space also. Uh-huh. Which is fine, everyone. It still looks really cool.
1: (laughs) It does. It absolutely does.
0: It looks cool. That's all that matters. That is another big anime thing. It looks cool. Don't try and make sense of it. It's fine. (laughs) Next, we're going to head into our Star Wars connections, callbacks, and homages. We're going to start out with the Star Destroyer reveal. Always have to have one of those in Star Wars movies. Very Empire Strikes Back here. I like the idea of the gunboat thing. And it does... From Empire, it looks like the kind of Cloud Runner ships that they have that are the double sided ones. Yeah. It does kind of look like that. It's very ominous looking, which I appreciate. But, uh, like, other than that, Anders, what does it have?
1: I mean, it has a giant Kyber crystal powered planet destroying gun. What could possibly go wrong? We have never seen this before. It always works out for the best. Mm
0: hmm. Of course.
1: And actually, in what is kind of a running theme, the way that that kind of Death star tech was miniaturized into that does seem very much like the uh, kind of the battering ram laser that we saw in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a running theme throughout this, <laughs> this episode. A lot yeah. of direct connections to the Last Jedi. <laughs>
0: yes, very Last Jedi. Very, like, it seems like it's the New Republic.
1: And like, yeah. the
0: remnants of the Empire are fighting each other here. So like kind of between the original trilogy and the sequels, maybe like farther along than Mando, closer to the sequel trilogy, just because of the hexagonal part, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yep. Next I mean we come have... Let's what? just go,
1: let's just go down the checklist. Like what are what are some of the what are some of the checklists we have for classic <laughs> Star Wars here?
0: Oh my. We have got dark side users in black armor. Check.
1: <laughs> we have dark side users attempting to manipulate or being manipulated in order to create life
0: check mm-hmm. a seeming protagonist seeking redemption from the dark side hmm.
1: <laughs> another check where where are you gonna go <laughs> to a galaxy far far away was that just like a little oh too on the nose
0: <laughs> yes it was <laughs> that was a little bit too much i was like oh my god <laughs> And hearing that in the Japanese, of course, it wasn't too much. Because you just beat this up <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. got <laughs> like, oh, we lost something in translation here. It's okay. Next, we have Punch It. Always good to hear Arduo's got it. to punch it. Mm-hmm, I do love that part.
1: <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of sound effects that are kind of classic Star Wars sound effects. And these were, these were actually really cool to hear, like. We're having fun with this, but it was really cool to hear all these. We have kind of the droid wailing, that classic R2 noise, Mm -hmm. the klaxon siren. And actually, to create AM's kind of multi lightsaber noises, they mixed the sound of General Grievous when he had Mm -hmm. the multiple blades open with Kylo Ren's unstable red crystal
0: to kind of bring it all together. Because she is a little unstable.
1: (laughs) She was just a little bit unstable.
0: Just a switch.
1: We also have Kare. I mean, this is a pretty standard fantasy sci-fi trope, but he's wrestling with the concept of destiny and choice. I mean, we said it before, they are twins born of the dark side. They were meant for this purpose, but he is trying to do something different. He's saying, no, I want to make my choices. I want to be the master of my own destiny.
0: Mm-hmm. Good job, Kare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, poor Am. The dark side and trying to make death yield to you. Am, when she hears about the visions, it's like, I'm not going to die. But also, if I do die, it's in service of this cause I was supposed to do. <laughs> Like, what? the <laughs> can't have it both ways. You can't, like, you're, you're going to die. Like, come on now, Am. She's like, well, oh, baby.
1: Most of the <laughs> they are kind of like that. They're kind of like, I will die. My apprentice will kill me. Or I will conquer death. One of those two will happen.
0: Speaking of that,
1: <laughs> there's yes. only two choices.
0: There's, only, there's
1: two. only two choices. There is no try. There's only do. That classic Yoda line. Gare brings it back mm-hmm. when talking to our duo, which was actually kind of nice to see it like directed at as a droid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Directed at the droid to be like, no, just freaking do it.
0: Poor droids, like I'm trying. There's no try. There is only two. Hyperdrive, lightsaber, go! And poor Droid's like, all right, hope we don't die. <laughs> Speaking of dying, they split the freaking ship. <laughs> this could be from the freemaker adventures. Like, there's a reference from that. Lego uh, Star go Wars. Arrowhead. Lego yeah. Star Wars. Go, Arrowhead. For real, so good. <laughs> Plus, of course, the Admiral Holdo maneuver from The Last Jedi.
1: Absolutely. When it's done, it's absolutely a (laughs) holdover.
0: Yeah, for real. (laughs) Uh,
1: And then actually in that kind of hangar bay is chock full of a lot of classic Star Wars ships. They just kind of threw them all in there. Yeah. Uh, In addition to TIE fighters, a TIE bomber, a TIE TIE interceptor, there's an A-wing, a U-wing, an X-wing, a Y-wing, a V-wing, and a Jedi starfighter. All of those are in there.
0: The Alphabet Squadron is in
1: there. (laughs) Very well could be. All right. Well, let's move into our power rankings. So we said that we are going to do these as we go based on the episodes we've seen so far. So Colleen, the twins, starting at the top of your list, does Mm -hmm. the twins belong above or below the duel? Below. Okay. Does the twins belong above or below Tatooine Rhapsody? above interesting all right
0: i'm trying not to think about it too much i'm trying just to go with my gut
1: (laughs) i know i had to warn you i was like don't look at your list beforehand (laughs) because i want this in the moment all right and i am actually going to i think i'm going to agree with you i thought maybe this might be where we diverged uh, where you might put the twins above Tatooine Rhapsody. But I think I'm with you. The Tatooine Rhapsody was just so much fun. And then this one, it's still really good. But I enjoyed watching Tatooine Rhapsody a lot more.
0: Yeah, they're all good. It's hard. They are all good. Yeah. But that's just, they are. But we have to rank them because that's what we do. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to head into our recommendation section. I have one for you today. You want an anime that's set in space? It's pretty wacky, and the dub acting is also a smidge over the top. And by smidge, I mean very over the top. <laughs> Seek no more. Try Outlaw Star. This is actually a very fun series. It's another anime about a found family in space. Plus, there are space pirates. Plus, nice. some of the starships have arms, arms, and can literally fight hand to hand. In space, the ships do. Are it. they
1: like organic arms? Or are they. No,
0: they're mechanical arms. They're called grappler arms and they come out from the ship. And so they're the like rock and so sock and
1: robot ships? ships.
0: Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> they fight like with grappler arms in space. It's wild, wild shit. There are guns that can shoot magical spells. For real. This is, this is a real show, everyone. There's a mysterious yet beautiful AI who's a woman who powers the titular ship, the Outlaw Star. And a cat girl, noble Woman, with incredible strength. It's like this is wild. There's a question. The why
1: is okay? I, I have to ask. I feel like a cat person is is like practically a trope at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. In it, anime, it should, for sure.
1: In yes. anime in just general like sci-fi, everything. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why are they trying to make people cats? Why not make more people dogs? They're more fun.
0: I don't know I think there's another I think there's a dog person in this show too but it makes more sense for the character to be a cat (laughs) she's wild she's great um this series also from the 90s so it keeps that visual aesthetic that the twins went for as well just that kind of classic with the larger eyes and the more kinetic kind of energy Mm -hmm. and it's very good but it's very weird (laughs)
1: All right, well, if you're interested in some decent action stories where the hero and the villain are relatives, as actually is often the case in a lot of classic stories, but I'm going to say check out the series Shadowhunters. Uh, It's based on the YA novel The Mortal Instrument books. Um, The movie didn't do so well, so they decided to turn it into a TV show instead. It's kind of a solid mid-level fantasy series. Um, Really cool fighting sequences some pretty solid teen drama if you're into any of the cw air shows or you like like mm-hmm. supernatural it's really it's worth checking out maybe like a, just a little bit below those shows but it's still like solid mid-tier yeah uh and if you want a story about twins one good one evil having to deal with things i would say go back and revisit the good son <laughs> that 1993 movie starring macaulay culkin and elijah wood that is creepy as
0: fuck. so creepy that movie made me terrified about people on bridges over highways. Yeah. Terrified. <laughs> good good choices there. I like thank both you. of those. Shadowhunters <laughs> is a good show.
1: Shadowhunters is a good show. I'm, I'm upset they didn't pick up uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries.
0: Hmm.
1: She, was, she was a solid Green Arrow. I agree. All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining us today tune in with us next time as we continue our visions journey with the village bride you can find us on twitter and instagram at yasw pods follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts uh and check out all the offerings in the forgotten entertainment family over at forgottenentertainment.com. you can also find both colleen and i on the bohemian geek studies podcast where we are diving into star wars rebels almost at the end
0: so close
1: so 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 close You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on Bohemian Geek Until next time, though, bye, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone. We'll see Ooh. you
1: in a galaxy far, far away.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes.